Be turning your Bibles, book of Isaiah, chapter 6. Isaiah 6. Going to be looking at Isaiah today, this continuing theme of the call of God. And I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate this into a Father's Day application, if you know what I'm saying. Obviously, you need to call your dad today or see your dad if you can today. Uh, if you can't, then uh, or call, uh, you know, do whatever you can. Facebook, email, Twitter. Find some way, if possible, to communicate with Dad. I'm sure that he will appreciate that. My son called me on the way to uh, uh, church here today. Appreciate that. I'm sure I'll be hearing from my daughters a little bit later as well. Isaiah 6, verse 1. And I think, uh, I think you're going to like this, uh, this story. It's a, it's a great story, very positive story about a response to a calling. And, uh, you know, we all get called by God to do different things. Obviously, we get called to become a Christian, right? Yeah. We get called sometimes to do important things in, in our life and with our life. But uh, we all have to respond well. And Isaiah here does a great job of responding uh, in uh, the way that we should as well. Chapter 6, verse 1. In the, king, in the year the king Isaiah died. And so there, one of the kings has died. And so obviously an emotional uh, a bit of a time here. I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, and the whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So Isaiah sees this, this image of God and, and in the temple. He's in the temple. And he sees this and it's, it's a, an amazing description he gives. It's loud. It's, it's beautiful. It's smoky in there. And, and it's almost like a, an earthquake type of, uh, of experience that the, he feels the whole temple around him shaking. So this awesome event that goes on in his life. And this is his reaction. Woe to me. He cried, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know, sometimes people say, man, I'd like to see God. Well, listen, Isaiah saw God, and it wasn't exactly a pleasant experience. I mean, he sees what he sees, and it shakes him big time. And he immediately recognizes you know, we as a people have not been living right, and I know in my own life that I haven't been living right. That's what he says. Then, verse 6, one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I. Send me. He sees this image and it makes him realize, I'm not where I need to be spiritually. Then God sends one of the angels, one of the seraphs, to take care of his sin. He says, your guilt is atoned for, your, your sin is taken away. Then the next thing, okay, I've got a, I've got a mission I need someone to go. 
who will go. And this is, this is one of the coolest statements in all the Bible. Isaiah, it's just like he jumps out of his chair. It's just like his arm goes up. He says, here am I. Me, I'll go. Take me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, to be the one that will do something that God wants me to do with my life. Here am I. Send me. And that's what I want to really think about here and lead our thoughts in here. This concept of the willing spirit. I, I really want to get you today to understand that you need to have a willing spirit about your life. David understood this in his own life in the context of uh, uh, he had sinned and messed up. Look over to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 verse 10. Psalm 51 is the passage where David is talking about his sin and his need for forgiveness. And he says a lot of great things. We could spend a lot of time in, uh, in Psalm 51, but we're not going to. We're going to just zero in on this one concept, though, of the willing spirit. Verse 10. Psalm 41, verse 10. Now, this is said in the context of a prayer. He says, God, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Isn't it interesting here that David, he realizes here he sinned. This is in the context of sinning uh, and that uh, he he had done some really bad things we don't have time to get into. But in his prayer to God, he prays, God, grant me a willing spirit. David, this is the great King David. This is the great man after God's own heart kind of guy. But he realizes in his own heart, in his own mind, that there's a tremendous temptation in life to get to a point where you don't have a willing spirit. You know, instead of, here am I, send me. It's, here am I, send him. (laughs) Here am I, send her. Here am I, send anybody but me. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be interrupted. I've got things to do. My life is busy. You know, all those kind of feelings that we have. A lot of times in our life, we realize that we need to make some spiritual decisions. We know we need to. It, it bugs us in the quiet moments in our, in our bedroom when we have time just to think. We know, you know, I need to get my life where I need to be spiritually. But almost immediately then we start thinking about, oh no, I've got my job. I've got this. I've got that. The schedule next week looks really busy. And we come up with all kinds of reasons and all kinds of things where instead of saying, here am I, send me, it's here am I, oh no. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I know I should do that, but I, 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 just, I, I, just, I just feel like I can't right now. Later, a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, it looks better. Things are going to ease up. Things are going to get better. David recognizes that and he says, God, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Maybe the lesson for us here is that this willing spirit is not necessarily something that you come in, uh, uh, that you have just because of you. 
you know, even with the story of Isaiah, why is Isaiah so tuned into, I'm ready to do whatever God wants me to do? He was just forgiven of his sins, wasn't he? He realized, man, I've messed up and God has forgiven me. God has given me so much, it's time for me to be responsive. It's time for me to have the right spirit in my own life and my own heart. Two things I want to hit here as we go through. First one specifically for the dads. Second one uh, for everybody else. Dads, get this point, Dad. Listen to me here, dads. You don't have to be awesome. Dads, you don't have to be awesome. Just try to get better. You don't have to be awesome. You know, sometimes, and I realize this because I'm a dad too. You realize, you know, I, I, I'm not an awesome dad. You know, my dad, uh, or my, uh, my son sat me down a couple Christmases ago, and, and he said, Dad, I want to be honest with you about some things that, uh, that I feel like from uh, you raising me, uh, you know, my childhood and that kind of thing. I thought, oh my gosh, here it comes. <laughs> and you know what? Mostly the things he said were very positive, but he did throw in a couple things in there that he felt that I had blown it on. And he told me, you know, this is where I, I feel like you didn't do a good job or, or you weren't what you needed to be at that time. And you know what? Uh, at least from his perspective, that was right. He may, uh, he may reevaluate that. He, he, may, uh, he may reevaluate that when he's raising his own children. Uh, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, a lot of times in life, uh, you know, when we're younger men, we, we sort of think we know where our dads blew it, and then we, we get to be dads ourselves a little bit further down the road, and we, we find ourselves saying the same thing our dad said. Uh, we find ourselves feeling the same way that we recognize uh, that he probably felt uh, about us when we were being a knucklehead like uh, our sons or daughters. Uh, it could be that kind of thing. But you know what? You don't have to be an awesome dad. Just try to get a little better. Improvement's always appreciated by everybody. You don't have to be awesome. You can't be faked out by their awesome dads around you. You think, oh man, he's an awesome dad. No, 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 he's not. <laughs> he's just trying to do the best he can. And so you don't have, don't, don't, don't get this fake out. Oh no, I'm a failure as a dad. You don't, the only way you're a failure as a dad is if you quit. Just try to get a little better. I want to give you, uh, Two, uh, two sayings here for dads in this context. Number one, just be the best you. You can't be anybody else anyway. You know, sometimes people try to, well, I want to be like somebody else. Listen, just be you, okay? It's good to imitate. The Bible talks about imitating. I think imitation is, is uh, the sincerest form of flattery. Isn't that the saying? And, and there are many times that we can learn from others and we can imitate them and grow in. But at the end of the day, you are going to be you and you're never going to be anybody else. Just be the best you you can be. You don't have to worry about being somebody else. Number two here. Winners don't quit. That's right. And quitters don't win. The only way you fail as a father is if you quit. Don't quit. We all think about quitting. At different times in our life. We all get discouraged. We all get uh, beat up a little bit. And we feel like, I just need to quit. 
You feel that sometimes in life. I feel that sometimes in life. I just wish I could just quit. You know, it, 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 uh, it, in my life, you know, at, at times I have to say, you know, you haven't been a quitter in your life. This is a bad time to start. <laughs> Don't quit. Amen. Hang in there. Yeah. Just get a little bit better. You don't have to fix it all at once. Just try to fix something. If you understand what I'm saying. And then the other thing is the dad here. That a great, great, great passage from dad. Look over to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And this is all in the context of Isaiah, because Isaiah, where was he? At the end of the day, where was Isaiah? He was in the temple. He was trying to be. Righteous. He was trying to be good. Every dad that's here today, whether you are as good a dad as you can be or shouldn't be, that's an interesting discussion. But you're here! You're hanging in there. You're trying. And I'll promise you, your children notice it. I don't think my dad was always a good Christian. As a matter of fact, I'm sure he wasn't. But I'm also sure that it was Sunday, we were going to church. It didn't make any difference if it was snowing, raining, hailing, or hellin'. We were going to church. (laughs) And I'll tell you a story, and I know this is in context of time and circumstances, but it'll give you an idea. When I got to be about 15 and 16 years old one morning on Sunday, I got up and I said, I wasn't going to church. <laughs> I announced I wasn't going to church. And uh, he just said, yeah, that's fine. Get up and get ready. <laughs> and you know what? I sat there at the table. Everybody else went in. They were getting ready. And he came back in with a belt in his hand. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I got my butt in and I got ready to go to church. <laughs> now, you can say, well, oh boy, your dad was a violent man. You've got to coach your anger in your family. <laughs> you know, that would be an interesting debate. I could argue both sides of that. There may have been a little anger in that. But you know what? There was no debating on whether we were going to church and whether I was going to church. I was his son living in his house and I was going to church whether I liked it or not. I could sit there and have a rotten attitude the whole time, but I I was going to sit there and have a rotten attitude. Because we were going to church because that's what we did. And we did it because he decided we were going to do it. You may not be a great Christian all the time, but I'll guarantee you, your children will learn the lessons of looking at your life and the decisions that you made. I'm now 58 years old. What do I remember about my dad? I remember a whole lot of things about my dad. I could talk for a long time about him. But i tell you one thing I do remember. It was the Lord's Day and we were going to church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, First Peter. i got to get to First Peter. i got... I got sidetracked there a little bit. First Peter. This is a good one right here for all the dads because we're not always as good as we need to be, but this is a good one for us. First Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 8. Above all else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. Wow. 
Just love. Okay, that's all for the dads. Dads, you don't have to be awesome. Just try to get better. Now, here's the thing I want to say about Isaiah and this whole thing, because I think this is a, a, a fascinating thing. You know what? Gonna, I, I, you guys got to teach me how to do this thing here, because I, when I'm timing it, it goes off, and now i got to put my code back in and everything. Okay, some of you guys like Kevin, you can teach me how to do that, whatever. got to keep the light on the whole time so I don't go too long. Je- this is the point. Jesus wants us to be volunteers. Not Tennessee volunteers. <laughs> volunteers. Willing spirit. Here am I. Send me. I think we see that as one of the predominant things of Jesus' life. I want you to look at three times in Jesus' life. Look over to Luke 3. Luke 3. Verse 21. Here am I. Send me. Volunteer spirit. Willing spirit. This is at Jesus' baptism. Verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Now, just to give you a little insight here, the baptism that John the Baptist was baptizing people for was a baptism of repentance, but it was also a baptism that brought about forgiveness of sins. Jesus hadn't sinned. But, but look what he did. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And, he was, and as He was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on Him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are My Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Why did Jesus get baptized? Not because He needed to get baptized. He didn't have any sin to be forgiven. Jesus was baptized as a form of doing what God wanted Him to do. And as God looked down on Jesus, this is at the very beginning of His ministry, He looks down on Jesus and He says, I'm proud of you. You did something you didn't necessarily have to do, but you knew that I wanted you to do it. And He volunteered. You complied. Everybody else in the room there, everybody else around the Jordan River would have seen Jesus getting baptized and would have made the natural assumption that Jesus got baptized because everybody else got baptized because they had sinned and they needed forgiveness of sin. And so Jesus puts Himself where He can be totally misunderstood. But He realizes that God wanted Him to do this. And He said, I'm with you all the way. I volunteer. I'm in. You want me to do it? I'm here for you. Look at the end of his life now. Matthew 26. Very end of his life. Jesus is struggling with this concept of of, uh, having a willing spirit and going to the cross. In Matthew 26, verse 41... Actually, let's pick it up in, in, uh, in verse 40. It says, When He returned to the disciples, He found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch for me for one hour? He says to, the, to, to Peter, he, he says, Guys, come on, I'm asking you to pray and, and, and help me out here. I'm having a hard time. Wake up. Watch and pray so you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, you can say, well, he, Jesus is talking to the disciples here. They're falling asleep. And so He's saying, hey, come on, I know you guys want to stay awake, but your body keeps betraying you and you keep falling asleep. You ever, you ever been like that? Has your body ever betrayed you like that? You know, you're trying to stay awake and you fall asleep? <laughs> Happens to me all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, about the middle of the afternoon, if I sit down and I'm quiet, 
It, it not any time, and I'm 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 doing the Muhammad Ali, you know. I'm, I'm bobbing and weaving, man. I'm all over the place. You say, well, yeah, they, they, they were weak, their bodies were weak, and they're falling asleep. Okay, fine. I wonder if Jesus is not talking about them. He's talking about Himself. The Spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You know, we're talking about this willing Spirit. Here am I, send me! I'm ready to go! Come on! Jesus says, I know that I've got to go to the cross. The Spirit is willing. I, I and my Spirit, I am willing to do this. But wow, am I afraid of the physical death that death on a cross is going to require. We see Jesus at the beginning of His ministry, got that willing spirit. He still got it at the end of His life, right before He goes to the cross. He struggles with it, and we struggle with it. It's the most normal thing in the world sometimes to say, I don't want to do this. Knowing that you should. Knowing it's what God wants you to do. Knowing it's what God people want you to do. You know, sometimes you, know, you come to church. And you're like, man, every time I come to church, I feel like everybody expects me to do right. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all expect you to do right. We all hope you will do right. Sometimes people say, why? Well, I don't want to come to church. I come to church and I feel guilty. <laughs> well, what better place to be guilty than church? Because you can get your, get your guilt atoned for here. You can get your life straightened out here. You can get put on the right track here. Like the person says, well, I don't like to go to church because they're all hypocrites. There's nobody here but hypocrites. <laughs> We're all hypocrites. We all want to do better than we do sometimes in our life. Me included. You know, oh man, what are you talking about? You're pointing the finger at me. If I point the finger at you, there's three pointing at me. So okay? Amen. <laughs> I'm just as guilty as anybody in the room. Jesus had this saying big time. Now remember when, when Peter and John, or uh, was it No, it was James and John, came to Jesus and said, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Remember that story? Yeah. And, and Jesus says, well, what do you want? And they said, we want to sit on the right and the left in heaven. On the throne of God. You know, hey, you know, if you're going to go, go big. I mean, you know, we want to sit on the right and left hand in, in heaven. And he says, you don't know what you're asking for. And he goes on, he talks about, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles and other people around us, that leadership is a big thing for them and all that kind of thing. He says, but if you're really going to be a leader, you need to be a servant. Now, we think of servants sometimes, we think of slavery. We think, well, a slave was a servant. That's not what he's talking about here. He's not talking about slavery. He's talking about being a willing servant. This is not enforced servitude. It is willing servitude. And he goes on to say, basically, you need to be what I am. I am a willing servant. See, the willing spirit. Jesus said, here am I, send me. I'll go, to, I'll go to earth. I'll be born. You know, I've always said, be born in a barn. I saw a program the other day said, no, it probably wasn't a barn. It probably, it probably wasn't a barn. It's probably more like a cave. Wow. 
Jesus is born in a cave surrounded by animals, some of which were unclean animals, sleeping in a, a, a trough where they ate. I don't know if you've ever seen, some of you have never been around a farm. You've never seen where pigs eat. It's not pretty. I'll go. Here am I, send me. I have a willing spirit. Your earthly dad's going to be a carpenter, not the, the corporate head of IBM. You're going to live in Nazareth. Nazareth is, is about fourth place to nowhere. <laughs> that's, why, well, that's why one of the. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's like Gary, Indiana. <laughs> where my wife was born. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, if you if you are driving across northern Indiana going into go, going into Illinois, man, you know you are at Gary. You don't have to look at a road sign. All you have to do is roll down the window. Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's Jesus' hometown. And His dad is a local carpenter. I'll go. Here am I, send me. Born in a cave. Around animals. Very, very, very common area. Place. Family. Circumstance. He's leaving the, the glories of heaven and coming and living an incredibly base life. Here am I, send me. I'm going. Come on. Jesus has a willing spirit. God commends him for it. This is my son whom I love. I'm proud of him. There's absolutely nothing that my dad could have ever said to me that would have struck a heart in me any more than, Marty, I'm proud of you. Whoa, I will run through a wall. You understand what I'm saying? Here am I, send me. That's what Isaiah said. That's what Jesus said and demonstrated in His life. I want to show you a great passage. It is in Isaiah. Look over to Isaiah 42. It really fits along all that we've talked about. Sorry, I've got to put my code in again. I have time. Isaiah 42. Now, this is a a passage about Jesus in the future. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. This is God speaking in a prophetic sense about Jesus in in a, a future sense. My chosen one whom I delight. Get that? I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. In other words, he's not griping and moaning and complaining. Look at this. Look at this description that God describes his son. He is like a bruised reed. He will not break. A smoldering wick. He will not snuff out. 
in faithfulness, He will bring forth justice and He will not falter or be discouraged. Wow! This is God's prophetic description through Isaiah about what Jesus will be like. He says He is going to be tough like you ain't seen tough. You can't break Him. You can't snuff Him out. And He won't moan and gripe and cry. Wow. Till He establishes justice on the earth. In His law, the islands will put their hope. God the Father looks down on Jesus the Son and He says, Man, I am really proud of Him. He was willing to do it. Isaiah says, here am I, send me. We can't all be dads. We won't all be dads. We can all learn from Isaiah's perfect response. I don't know how you could have a better response. Who will go? Whom shall I send? Who will go? Here am I. Me! I want to go. I want to be a Christian. I want to become a Christian. Some of you people in this room, you need to become Christians. You need to hear the call of God. Here am I. Send me. Some of you need to make faith decisions in your life. Quit being mediocre. Come on. Who's going to live a life devoted to God? Here am I. Send me. Come on. I'll go. I know I'm not perfect. I know I won't totally live up to but I'm going to do my dead level best to be the best that I can in life. Some of you just need to quit being, you know, sort of in. It's the Christian life of uh. And really start saying, you know, God's blessed me with a lot here. It's time uh, for me to have here am I, send me kind of spirit in my life. I hope this study of Isaiah has been a good encouragement for you. I have to tell you, it's one of my favorite passages. And I have to go back to it every once in a while because I, like you and everybody else, we get, we get to a mode sometimes where we're not quite as here am I send me or more like here am I send him uh, in, in, in our life. I do hope you learned some good things from our passage today in our study. Have a great Father's Day! Whatever you're going to do, enjoy it. God bless.